I came to South Texas, leaving behind pigeons and a strung out concrete jungle. I came to South Texas, leaving behind colorful murals of La Virgencita de Guadalupe to decrepit abandoned negocios in a small town of San Benito. I came to South Texas away from bullets and death counts to the occasional floater in a resaca and a sheriff that gets a good night's sleep on most nights. I came to South Texas away from my crying mother, away from lowriders, away from the views of the San Gabriel Mountains, away from paleteros with knives, away from cholas with almond-shaped eyes. The murals rushed past me in speeding trains. La Virgencita showed herself on the back of a bald prisoner's head. East LA became San Bene. The hail of bullets traveled chingles of miles across the Rio Grande waters, washing up bodies of Central American and Mexican immigrants. For the vatos de verde to identify, no lowriders around, just a parked Impala with expired tags. No mountains, just singing sensontles. I'm sure there's a shank somewhere in the wood frame raspastan, y las rucas tienen ojos chinitos con sharpie lined eyebrows también. My Nike shoes stayed by the alley river. Now I run in boots with scud marks towards a wall that says, the USA is now closed. That was Edward Viduare reading his poem, I Came to South Texas. Edward grew up in East LA before moving to South Texas. He was one of the kids that Father Gregory Boyle writes about in his beautiful book, Tattoos on the Heart. That's how I got to know Edward's poetry, which is raw and hopeful, beautiful and compelling. And Edward's story about how he became a poet and what he's doing now is so interesting. It's fascinating. Now he's the 2018-19 Poet Laureate in McAllen, Texas. He just released a brand new book called Jazz House, and I've been enjoying his book of poetry called I Took My Barrio on a Road Trip. Enjoy this conversation. Well, I am here with Edward Vidare, and uh, he is the 2018-2019 McAllen, Texas Poet Laureate, author of five collections of poetry. The one that I've been loving is called I Took My Barrio on a Road Trip. Hi, Edward. So glad that you're with us today. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, you just been on vacation, huh? I saw on Instagram. Uh, yeah, when I went to uh, South Padre Island for the day. Nice. You know, my daughter wanted to go. And so, you know, we went out there and, you know, and just hung out for a while and came back. It's not that far. Yeah. I mean, how, how far is that from McAllen? Uh, about an hour and 15 minutes, I think. Not too bad. Okay. Cool. I have one memory of South Padre, but it was from freshman year of college, and uh, I, I don't really want to share anything about, right. <laughs> about that memory. Break, break madness or what? <laughs> no. it, was, it was. It was so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's get right into it. Edward, I got to know your poetry through your work with Father Gregory Boyle. I've loved okay. his books. And um, so just first question, how did you get to know him, and what impact did he have on you? Oh, uh, Father G. Um, well, I grew up in Aliso Village in, there in Boyle Heights in the projects. And um, he was uh, 
the incoming priest when I was a when I was a kid, and um, he used to ride around the neighborhoods in its beach cruiser in his beach cruiser, and you know just stop and talk with everyone and got to know us and you know and he, he did a lot of you know um, like grassroots you know um, saving of souls pretty much you yeah. know just just making sure a lot of us didn't get into trouble. He tried saving a lot of people, but you know, he lost a lot of friends. Oh man. Yeah. So I read through your work and his work. Um, so you grew up in East LA, right? Um, what was it like growing up in East LA in the seventies and eighties for you? Um, you know, people, my childhood memories are, you know, before it became, you know, something I remember through gangs and, right. and, and, you know, the decade of, you know, death and stuff like that. I, I loved it. We were kids and we were having fun and we, you know, we didn't really focus as kids on, you know, if we were poor or not, you know, that's not something you really remember. You know, you remember being hungry and stuff like that, but you remember having a lot of fun as a kid. Yeah. You remember, you remember struggles, but you also remember, you know, love and love coming yeah. from, you know, from my mom, you know, she, she, we didn't have much, but she made sure that, you know, we were taken care of and, um, the neighbors looked out for each other. You know, we, we had like a, you know, a lot of like, uh, moms, you know, our neighbors were our mom. My best friend's mother was mom. And, yeah. you know, so we all kind of, you know, they all kind of looked out for each other's kids. Um, not until we got to an age of a little older middle school, high school, where we started wanting to rebel and be our own and find our own way that we got into trouble, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when we were real little, you know, growing up, growing up in the seventies, early eighties, it was fun. Yeah. You know, it was fun. And we remember playing baseball and, you know, um, just, just like, uh, doing kids stuff. Yeah. I grew up about 60 miles North of LA in Ventura County in Oxnard. Oh, okay. Um, I graduated from Wainimi high. You did? No way. Yeah. yeah. Oh my I did. gosh. I thought uh, my mom sent me to go live with my uncle uh, because she was afraid I was going to get killed. So she said, I'm going to send you with your uncle in Oxnard. And he set me straight, you know, and I graduated from Wainimi. And you know, I hung out there. My first job, one of my first jobs was there at the KFC on Savior's Road. Yeah, yeah, my Mom gosh. Road. Oh, my gosh. Well, I moved from Oxnard when I was in seventh grade. I was born in 1970, so we're about the same okay. age. But uh, I would have gone to Oxnard High School had I stayed there, right? But we went to our, our beach. We went to Wainimi Beach. That, that was our yeah. beach that we went to, yeah. left side of the pier. I just remember that, man. I remember that. Yeah. So you went to Wainimi High School. Uh so, you know, I read that your, your your mom is from Central America and your stepdad was Mexican. Right. And I read a little bit about how that led to some sort of, you know, you having a hard time knowing sort of where you fit in and having some identity issues. And some of your writing, I think, is has grown out of that. Can you talk more about that? Right. You know, um, for for a while, you know, we, we were just mom and us, you know, yeah. we were latchkey kids and we came home, mom was at work and then she met Eloy, my stepfather, and um, he's from Michoacan, Mexico, and she pretty much adopted his culture. Okay. You know, you know, it, when, it, it, when it comes to like, you know, cooking and, and doing stuff like that, uh, you know, she did a lot of things that, you know, um, that he enjoyed. So 
I mean, we grew up, our neighbors were Mexican. And so we were always um, around each other's cultures and traditions. And so, um, you know, growing up, brown skin, you know, everyone was Mexican. Right. You know, everyone was Mexican to to those that didn't know the difference. Right, right. Um, you got a president now who doesn't know the difference. So right. I'm from, well, I'm from one of the other Mexican countries. You know what I mean? The other, so, <laughs> oh man, that was so yeah, brutal. Yeah, yeah. That was so brutal. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, there's that, you know, where do I fit in? You know, yeah. I, am I, you know, am I a Chicano? Am I Guanaco? Am I, you know, Pocho? You know, what am I? You know, where do I fit in? So yeah. it, it was always a struggle. You know, um, most of my friends were Mexican, if not all, um, I had some friends that were from El Salvador and they're really close to me. You know, um, one of my best friends, uh, his family was from El Salvador and he passed away. Um, and I've, I've written about him and my, mm. my, well, Robert, you know, yeah, yeah. the intro also, but you know, everyone else, you know, was, was Mexican and, um, we, you know, everything that was celebrated, you know, in our neighborhoods and in the country were mostly Mexican, you know, celebrations, and stuff like that, or, or um, you know, they tried, you know, having to celebrate certain things that were Mexican. You hardly ever um, had anything that was from Central America. You know, Los Angeles, you know, it's a melting pot of Central Americans, and you know, now I'm sure it's from everywhere, you know, but but at the time it was, you know, Mexican and and, and Central American, and it's funny because. Um, you know, there's not a very, there's, there's a lot of bad blood between Central Americans and Mexicans. Yeah. And, you know, um, so that was another struggle because it's like, there was always that, you know, tugging of, 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 of a people. And so you kind of like, where do I fit in? You know, and, you know, I had a crush on the neighbor who was Mexican, you know, and, and, um, and so things like that, you yeah. know, things like that where, 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 where do I fit in? You know, and so, you know, if somebody said you Mexican, you you didn't try to correct them. You know, mm. like okay, yeah, well, you know, what are you coming at me with that for? You know, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, when did you start writing poetry, and sort of what was the inspiration behind? Like, when did you first understand that you had a gift? Did someone recognize that, or did you just start writing? Like, how did that work? Man, um, you know, I've I've always been into writing. You know, ever since I was a kid, I used to like to just copy things, you know, yeah. like I used to copy pages of the dictionary, Are you, serious? you know, just because I loved words. Yes. And, but I wasn't that good in school. You know, I yeah. didn't pay much attention. I was a, I was a little screw up. You know, I barely finished high school because not because I wasn't smart, but because I didn't apply myself. I was more into like other things. And so poetry came to me in Texas. You know, um, when I finished high school in, in Los in there in Oxnard, I, I moved back to Los Angeles and I was, I didn't go to college. Mm -hmm. And so I started, you know, riding the bus to Beverly Hills where I got a job. And so I would read books. You know, I decided, you know, I would walk actually for a while, I would get on the bus and, and just be bored. You know, mm -hmm. I'd see people sitting there and I'd see people, um, reading books and I was like, man, everybody reads, you know? And so I, um, I never really read in school. I never really paid attention. I don't remember reading a book in school. Mm -hmm. And I remember in, in high school, my last year in, of high school, um, I was, we were going, teacher was teaching um, Macbeth, 
by yeah. Shakespeare. Yeah. And um, I was, you know, troublemaker, class clown. And I was like, why are we, why are we, you know, having to learn this? No one talks like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was making fun of the language and, and, and stuff like that. I was like, nobody talks like that. Why am I going to need this? Why do I need to know this? Um, and so the teacher, you know, took me outside and she told me, you know what? You don't need to, you don't need to care about Shakespeare, but I don't need you disrupting my class. Hmm. She goes, but she goes, you know, she kind of, you know, read into, you know, what I may like. And so, um, she says, come back tomorrow and I'm gonna have a book for you. Oh, yeah. like, and, and, um, and I think you'll, I think you'll like it. And so she brings me this book, a paperback, you know, beat up, you mm-hmm. know, used yeah and it's a man child in the promised land Mm. uh, by claude brown and and you know and it's a it's a book about the black experience of a boy you know and so i start reading you know right at the beginning the kid gets shot yeah you know and so i start reading the book and i'm like whoa you know i i could relate to it yeah you know poverty you know and 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 you know living in the ghettos and stuff like that so i'm like oh man i'm so i just kept you know eating up that book and i was like wow are there more books like this so it just like it's like i got slapped in the face and someone opened the door to literature you know so i read that book and and i was still struggling with you know what it what i want to do so i didn't come back to that book until one day when i was like well i want to read a book on the on the bus too so i I still had the book with me and i took it and i reread it Mm. and it took me a while to learn to read you know if that makes sense I would read and then I guess my mind would go elsewhere yeah. while I was reading. And so I was like, what did I just read? Right, so right. I have to go back several pages and start again and say, I, I don't remember reading this part. So not until I fully got a good grasp of the book that I, you know, finish it. And so it, it, it just, I loved it. Mm. And so I started and I went to a bookstore and I started to look for books that I remember they gave us in high school, you know, you know, Steinbeck and, mm-hmm. and, and other books. It's like, I didn't read this. I didn't read this. So I'm going to start to read them. But then I came across more books on, you know, the black experience, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I picked up native side, Richard Wright books, mm-hmm. uh, picked up, you know, um, invisible man, yeah. um, soul on ice yeah. and all of those. And I was like, okay, I'm loving this, but where are my people? You know? Yeah. Right. Right. So then um, I went to a bookstore one day and I came across uh, Luis Rodriguez's uh, Always Running. Mm. And I remember I was like, man, I was like, he's, you know, he's speaking, you know, my language, yeah. you know, and, and I really like this. And so I also noticed that some of the, the favorite authors that I was reading also wrote poetry. Mm. You know, he had a book of poetry called Concrete uh, River. Uh, Richard Wright had a collection of haiku. And so, you know, that along with loving music lyrics and stuff. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and for me, I want to write. I always said I want to write something. And and I was, you know, I started studying poetry. And I started, you know, reading the way they grouped, you know, the stanzas together. Yeah. And I was like, you know, they tell them, they say a lot in such, you know, you know, few words. And, and I always said, oh, man, I'm not going to write a novel. You know, I, yeah. I probably can write, you know, poetry, you know, that'll say a lot, you know, and, and so I started writing poetry. I started writing poetry, I started mm. reading a lot, reading a lot, just reading poetry. And then I started picking up the European poets and then I started yeah. picking up, you know, uh, 
and I still struggle with some of the poetry and there's some I just don't like. Oh, I yeah. just don't dig it, you know. And um I won't say the names of those I don't <laughs> like, but some people might think, you know, what the hell you can't be a poet without yeah. <laughs> them. But um I, I started being, you know, a student of mm-hmm. the craft and 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 so kind of um I guess like a poetry groupie, you know. Every time I, you know, heard of a poet I wanted to listen to them. Or, you know, yeah. just everything, everything that was coming in, I, I just loved it, you know. And I I don't think I've ever met a, a poet I didn't respect, mm. you know, ex- you know, especially for the work they put into it. And um, that, that's, I started writing poetry. Um, we had a family business here in McAllen uh, when my father-in-law was alive. He had a barbecue restaurant and um, I used to, you know, manage it and I was there all day. Mm-hmm. And so for me to occupy my time during the slow, you know, times... I would, you know, sit down and read mm-hmm. or sit down and write. Mm-hmm. And so we had to, had this old computer in the office, you know, and I would, you know, bang away at it and try to write poetry. And so um, that that's what I started doing. This was about, I want to say about 18 years ago. Okay, you yeah. know, about 18 years ago is when I really, really, you know, started writing poetry, you know, as something I wanted to do, you know, yeah. instead of just read. Yeah. Like, so when... Uh, God, all these questions are popping for me, but like, when did you first, do you remember when you first showed your poetry to someone else and you remember how that felt? And then, you know, and yeah. then like, when did you first submit it for publication and all that stuff? Cause that's a big move. I mean, to write it is one thing. Certainly it takes a lot of courage, you know, but then when you actually show it to someone else, it's like, Oh my God. Right. Well, I used to post them on MySpace. Yeah, oh, you know MySpace. they had this. <laughs> yes. They had this. Uh, they had this section called my blog or something like yeah. that, and I would post poetry there. And okay. uh, family, you know, family cousins of my wife and stuff like that um, would 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 comment on them, and, and then other friends would comment on them, and and so um, I would join you know these groups and stuff that were on MySpace on poetry and kind of read their work and you know. Um, but I, I didn't really, really get out and read in public until um, I went to this group in San Benito, Texas. They were, it's a writer's forum, and they had been meeting there, um, you know, the first Tuesday of every month. I believe it's the first Tuesday of every month for years, you yeah. know, and I would read it in the newspaper. They had a little advertisement, you know, writer's forum getting together, and, and uh, uh, one of Lily's cousins would tell me, you should go, you yeah. know. Uh, Lily's my wife. Yeah. Uh, um, but her cousin would say, you should go, you should go and, 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 and read your poetry. But I always thought, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm not, you know, I don't know much about it. I'm yeah. so scared, you know? Right. And so one day, um, I think I want to say like two years after that, I saw another, uh, you know, um, announcement that they were going to meet. And I was like, Oh, well, I'm going to go this time. Yeah. And I had a, I had like a binder full of poetry, you know? Um, and, so I went there and I saw all these people and, and I was, you know, they were, they were organized. And so I was like, Oh, so they're like, are you going to read sign up here? They had a sign up sheet. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I signed up and I got up there and read and, you know, I was shaking. I mean, I still get nervous. Reading. Yeah. You know, a lot of us still do, um, but I was really nervous. And um, afterwards, several people came up to me and told me they enjoyed it. And, um, you know, welcome and this and that. And, and one of the poets, she invited me 
to uh, she had a reading series, you know, in another town here in the valley. And she says, I'd like for you to, you know, come out here and, and, and feature, mm-hmm. you know, um, and read your poetry. And I was like, you know, excited. And I guess once you go get up and read, you, you just can't get a poet down. You know, they want to yeah. read all the work. And, and so I remember uh, I was just so excited. And and, um, and that's when I that's when I first read. And then I just continued. I mean, I went to some open mics and I went. I remember to coming to this place here in McAllen a while back and they had an open mic and. And for the, you know, first three or four open mics, it was just me, the sign up sheet, you know, and, and, the, <laughs> and the barista making frappuccinos yeah, and yeah, going yeah. over your poetry. Right, right, right. Uh, but but it was it, it, I always felt like it's a practice to keep reading. And then and um, I didn't have any um, help with editing or 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 how to, you know, put together poetry because I wasn't in any MFA program or I wasn't going to any college or university courses. I was just reading and, and trying to, you know, teach myself. So um, I, I decided that I wanted to read my poetry as much as possible because it helped me edit my poems, mm-hmm. you know, because if it didn't flow out of my, you know, tongue right, I knew, or I got stuck on a word, then I would, as, you know, as yeah. I was doing it, I was editing on, 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 on stage on the mic, you know, I was making notes. And so, um, yeah, I think, you know, that, that, that helped me a lot. Oh, that's great, man. Uh, one of my friends who's a poet uh, and editor, he says that he says to do that, like every writer should read their writing out loud yep. because you can see it on a page, but you're right until you hear it come out of your mouth. And right. I, I would imagine, especially with poetry, especially you know, poetry. And it's funny because I, I do that with uh, because I have I also publish books now. Yeah. And I have flower song uh, books. And when I get manuscripts in, I, I read them mm-hmm. first. I like to look at them to see how they're put on the paper. Mm-hmm. And then I'll I'll um, you know read them to myself. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go outside my backyard when I'm ready to, when I have time and I'll read the entire collection out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, and I read it to see, you know, I, yeah. I mean, just, just to get a feel for the words right. again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading them as if I wrote them, yeah. you know, yeah. whether it's a woman or a man writing them, I, I read them out loud. And, and it's funny because, you know, I have a lot of birds in my backyard and, and the neighbor has dogs and, mm-hmm. and I kind of, you know, I'm like, okay guys, you guys are going <laughs> to let me know, yeah, your name, you know? And so, you know, it, it's fun. I get out there and I, you know. I read them out loud and there's sometimes when I'm reading them, I'm like, Whoa, I like this poem, yeah. you know? And, and so, you know, sometimes I, I read poems back to back and I'll mix them around and I'll say, okay, maybe this poem can go before this one. Yeah. So I'm kind of rearranging them sometimes too, uh, uh, for something that I could, you know, go back to the, to the author and say, Hey, you know, um, yeah. you want to try this, Yeah. you know, you want to try this or, you know, and then, and then I go back in there and then I look for grammatical, you know, you know, things like that. And it's hard with, with poetry to fix, you know, grammar errors because sometimes they're not grammar right. errors. Sometimes that's the way they want That's them. style, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's the style. That's the way they want to use a word. And, you know, and I'm, not, I'm all about making up words, you know, especially yeah. uh, words that, that um, don't belong together but separate but stay together. And I'm like, yeah. I, I like like that. It looks good on paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's, Um, I, I asked you beforehand, I'd love to have you read I came to South Texas. Um, I think that's a particularly poignant one for for me that I enjoyed. Um, okay. So why don't you read it and then feel free 
to talk about sort of, you know, I mean, I, you know, it's like, how much do you want to really talk about what went into it versus just right, let right. the work be the work, but you can choose. Um, okay, sure. Choose. And, and this, this is from my first collection. Yeah. Um, I, I uh, republished it with new poems. Uh, I took my body on a road trip, but this is my first collection. Um, and, you know, um, it's their poems that sometimes after you write them, you, you hate them. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I've noticed that with the years I've, fallen back in love with them yeah and so you know I, I i remember writing them and i remember how i've come from you know that time to where i'm at now yeah. and and how my poetry is changing and evolving and not so much saying it's getting better um but it's just different yeah because i, like I, I, I look at these poems and i'm like they're i like these poems you know i, I could write that poem today yeah you know and and you know maybe change it around maybe because now I change a lot of things sure. around, yeah. but this first collection is pretty much a raw, you know, yeah. uh, book of, of, of writing before I did any changes. So I'm going to read, I came to South Texas, 1999. I came to South Texas, leaving behind pigeons and a strung out concrete jungle. I came to South Texas, leaving behind colorful murals of La Virgencita de Guadalupe to decrepit abandoned negocios in a small town of San Benito. I came to South Texas away from bullets and death counts to the occasional floater in a resaca and a sheriff that gets a good night's sleep on most nights. I came to South Texas away from my crying mother, away from lowriders, away from the views of the San Gabriel Mountains, away from paleteros with knives, away from cholas with almond-shaped eyes. The murals rushed past me in speeding trains. La Virgencita showed herself on the back of a bald prisoner's head. East LA became San Bene. The hail of bullets traveled chingles of miles across the Rio Grande waters, washing up bodies of Central American and Mexican immigrants. For the vatos de verde to identify, no lowriders around just a parked Impala with expired tags. No mountains, just singing sensontles. I'm sure there's a shank somewhere in the wood frame raspa stand. Y las rucas tienen ojos chinitos con sharpie lined eyebrows también. My Nike shoes stayed by the alley river. Now I run in boots with scud marks towards a wall that says, the USA is now closed. Mm. <sighs> I love that, man. Hearing you read it too is like, whoa. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so, so much imagery there as to what you left and what you're going toward. And then that, that ending is just such a, just a poignant moment of, you know, all that's going on with the wall right now. But what, what do you have to say about, about, and, and, and about this that? was written, and this was written about seven, eight years ago. No, that's crazy, you man. Know? Right. So it's not, it's the wall's like not new. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's well said. Thank you for reminding us that. Um, but well, when I remember when I read it first, I I had to, you know, I sort of had to look up what Chola, what is that? You know, it's like, Oh, that means girlfriend, right. Or something like that. Or like, well, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, uh, 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 you know, sometimes Cholas all, you know, they're gang members, women, you know, female gang members. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that was funny. I mean, it was funny that I I looked it up. Oh, what's that? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Almond eyes. Oh, I like that. 
Um, yeah, what do you what do you have to say about that poem now? You know, it's one of those where I, I remember, you know, leaving you know California, leaving Los Angeles, and and coming you know to Texas and not seeing certain things, you know. The, yeah. You know the views of the mountains and San Gabriel's. When you said the, that, and, like, oh gosh, and and, and you know, and, and the graffiti and yeah. all of that. But yeah. it, it wasn't it wasn't very prominent here, and it really still isn't. Yeah. But you know, the gangs either there's gangs here and there's you know stuff like that, but not as rampant as it is over there, or or as obvious. You know, yeah. um, it, there's a different kind of fear that you have in in, in a border town. You know, as as to the one you have growing up in, in, in the ghettos or in the projects, you know, um, it, it's the fear here is kind of an invisible one because, you know, there's things that, that are going on and, and um, you know, that I'm just on the other side of the border. There's, you know, you're dealing with um, the cartel violence and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's it's I, I see things differently because when when I was a kid, my mom used to send me in the summers to El Salvador mm-hmm. and you know um she she would send us there because she couldn't for three months well the time we were off during summer school she had to work so she didn't trust the streets to raise us yeah but she trusted a third world country in a civil war I mean that's saying something it was different right oh but, but she trusted her her mother and her sister to take care of us and make sure we were fine and, you know, that's kind of the same here where people know of violence in, in, in the border towns because of the cartels and this and that. But people also know that they know who they're going after. Mm-hmm. Just like in El Salvador, they knew who they were going after. They, yeah. You know, there was a purpose behind a kidnap. There was a purpose behind, you know, a, a, a killing or, or someone going missing. Yes, there are, you know... Um, mistaken identity cases like in anything but but in los angeles during the gang uh, uh wars and stuff like that you were gonna get hit with a stray bullet that, that was more you know that was gonna happen you were gonna get hit with stray bullets or or you were gonna get caught in the crossfire or your friends are in gangs and you were with them hanging out playing baseball and then there's a drive-by and and then you know you get shot because you were with them so yeah. it was you were you know you were probably going to lose your life faster in that type of environment than in, in, in a border town or in a third world country, you know, where you knew you had to stay away from certain areas yeah. because, because of certain things. So, um, you know, like, like when they say there's a crisis on the border, you know, it's like, you know, there's, there's, a, there's problems everywhere. Yeah. You, you can, I mean, look, look at what happened in, in, uh, you know, that, that in the, in the, in the mosque shootings, oh, not yeah, too New long Zealand, yeah, yeah, in New Zealand, you know, and and it's like New Zealand, yeah, right, you know, it's like that, that could happen anywhere, but it's 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 one of those things where you just have to be aware of mm-hmm. where you're at, yeah. of your surroundings, you know, yeah, pretty much, you know, uh, that poem reminds me of a question that I wanted to ask a while ago, but but I but I lost it, but. When your mom would send you to El Salvador for the summer or up to Oxnard, you know, to, to do high school because she was afraid if she didn't, you might die. How, right. how was that as a child? I mean, in high school, I know it's a little bit older, but as a child being separated from your mom for 
periods of time, did you feel safe or were you scared? I, I felt that, um, that it was for her to do that. I knew that it was not only to save me, but maybe even save her and my mm -hmm. other brother's lives because, you know, the, the, there was, they were shooting up the neighborhoods and you'd see these big bullet holes in the walls and they were mm -hmm. going through. So, it, you know, could have shot her or could have shot, you know, someone else in the family. And so when she sent me to my uncle, I, I, I kind of wanted someone to save me. Okay. I wanted, I wanted someone to yank me from it. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't want to do it to where I did it myself and so right. I need to get out of here. You know, um, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. It's like you, you have this loyalty to your, to your surroundings and kind of wanting to do it on your own is kind of like saying, I'm going to, I'm going to abandon this lifestyle, mm, yeah. even though, you know, you have to, uh, for survival. But at the time you're like, that's not part of your makeup. Mm -hmm. So when it forced upon you, like my mom saying, you're, you're leaving, you know, and, um, it was kind of like a thank you, yeah. but kind of like, oh, I I'm resisting this, but, but not really. No, you know, thank, I mean, thank you. You know, thanks for explaining it that way. The, the way I, what I hear you saying, it was kind of a grace that your mom gave you, you right. know, because if you would have left on your own, you would have had to deal with, I abandoned my mom, I abandoned my, you know, friends. I, and that, that would have been right. a tough weight to carry. Right. So in a sense, right. she said, I'm not going to, you don't need to carry that weight. I'm going to send you away. And it's, you know, it's going to be hard on me. But on the other hand, it's it's you know it's for your best, and I thank you for right. that. That's that's a much bigger picture than I would have imagined. Yeah, you know, and it, and it's one of those things where we used to see friends move out. Yeah, and I remember we're like, oh, you're leaving, and, and you're leaving the hood, and you know you're not down, and you know, but their parents, they were kids, you know, yeah, they had no choice. But we were still, you know, you're leaving this that, you know, and and you felt that kind of. Um, I don't know. It's kind of that that pressure of, yeah. of having to be tough, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, I I was a little older. We had already lost a lot of friends to to gang violence, and you know, Father Greg can you know tell you how many kids he's oh, buried, and yeah. and it's ridiculous, you know. And and so um, I I always felt like there was something or someone looking out for me. Mm, yeah. You know, because I had been in the crossfires of of of. of you know, stray bullets for, you know, many times. Sure. And, and, and I always thought, you know, something or someone is saving, me, you yeah. know? And, and so now that I look at it, you know, it's like, I'm writing about it. Um, I'm remembering my friends that have, you know, passed and stuff like that. And, and, and I look at, you know, what my uncle and my aunt did for me and what my mom did, you know, by, by sending me away. And, um, it's, it's just like there was a purpose to it all, you know, yeah. and, and, but it, it's also, I don't want to fall into that where I feel selfish because those that died, what was their purpose? Right. Was there a purpose to die so that we can write about them or, or use them as an example? Or, or was I just lucky? Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll take that, you know, I was lucky, yeah. you know, and, you know, I remember with me and my, my friend Robert would sit around and, you know, we'd drink beer and stuff and smoke and, and we would say, you know, how old do you think you're going to be hmm. before you die? And we never passed the age of 18 when we talked. Wow. wow. You know, so all the all the years after after 17, 18 are gravy, you know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. To, to yeah. a lot of us. 
So, you know, it, it's, you know, you count your blessings, you know. Now I have a daughter and, and, and I'm married and, and I've been away from that life for so long that it seems like, like a dream. Yeah. Like I, I can't remember a lot of, of, of how I used to be, you know, and I, and I try to remember by writing about it, but it's such a, I mean, now I deal with different types of, of issues in life that have nothing to do with, you know, growing up in a, in a neighborhood like that. And so, I mean, I had to literally, you know, drive, you know, you know, my wife to that neighborhood because mm-hmm. I used to tell her the stories and, 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 and have her meet certain people mm-hmm. and she would be, uh, she'd come back and go, wow, you know, mm-hmm. probably thinking at first, what the hell did I get into? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, but it's, it's different, you know, and it's, um, it's something that, you know, if people say, would you trade it for anything else? It's like, no, that was my experience. Right. That was my experience. And, and without, without it, I wouldn't be what I am now. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and I think I'm okay. You know, I think yeah. I'm an okay guy and I mean, yeah. and I think I, I, I've done, I've done okay. So, yeah. you know, um, there was a lot of bumps and a lot of heartache and a lot of, you know, lessons learned mm. along the way, but, but it, it was important to, I think, go through that because it's, it's made me see life differently. Um, I, I, I appreciate more, I think, than, than, than most people, you know, and I think I try to treat people in a way where it's like, um, where they'll remember that, you know, you know, that, that I yeah. guess I try to show that kindness that, that for being lucky to be alive, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, my, you know, of course I don't know you, but my experience of you and your writing is kind, I, I would have used that word kind. Um, I mean, your writing is very poetic, raw, bold. There is a kindness that comes out of it too. That's pretty interesting to, um, to notice. So, um, so you're the poet laureate of McAllen, Texas. Like what, what is that sort of, what is your work with that? What, what does that entail? Well, um, some projects that, that I've worked on besides my work um, is uh, we started a youth anthology. Oh. Um, last year, we put out the first one on my first year as Poet Laureate, and then we have another one coming out this year. So we reached out to all the, you know, um, kids in grade school from, you know, you know elementary through high school yeah. and, and asked them to submit poetry. And we, you know, we got through to their librarians and English and their teachers. And so, um, and they did a great job in, you know, getting their kids to, to write. So we're getting ready to put that out. Um, looking at doing some workshops this summer for the uh, creative uh, incubator that's here in McAllen. And, and I work closely with the incoming uh, poet laureate and with the one that was before me. So we're all working on the anthology and we're, Mm. you know, in hopes that, you know, we always stay working together, no matter who's the poet laureate of the city. Yeah. Um, and so, doing that and and publishing through Flower Song Books and and um, my book Jazz House just came out last week, and then uh, have a a book that got picked up by a press out of Portland called King Shot. Cool. And and so um, yeah, just 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 you know, writing, 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 and and um uplifting you know other writers you know yeah. and just being there i mean i i'm i'm open to 
to uh, anybody that wants to send poetry their way to me for me to, you know, if it's just to read and give them a little feedback, um, I'll do that. You know, I think that's part of, 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 um, of the work that needs to get done. Yeah. You know, and, and always because I was, I was, you know, helped when I was first starting, you know, and their, their doors were open to me. And, and I don't believe that anyone that has something to say, especially as a poet should be, um, looked at and, 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 you know, told, you know, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be choosy about who we help. Yeah. I think everybody who has a voice can always get, can only get better. And, and, mm. and if you could help them, you know, hone in on their craft, and see their growth and you know it's 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 good you know i think we all should inspire um i think that's the work of the poet is to heal and inspire if there's anything other than you know that and if people are looking to become famous through poetry or rich they're in the wrong um, <laughs> yeah they're in it for the wrong reasons yeah that's good um so if someone were to contact you I'll put the links on the show notes, but would it be th through Flower Song Books? Would that be the best way to contact um, you? To, uh, probably through my personal email, just okay. because Flower Song I use for um, just like, you know, manuscripts and, you know, sure. going back and forth with authors. Okay. Well, I will put that on the show notes, you guys, listeners. Um, I'm noticing we're running out of time, Edward. Is there one more poem you would read us? Sure. Um, I'll read from Jazz House. Yeah. So that just came out. Yep. Just came out. Um, I'll put a link to all of Edward's uh, books, including Jazz House, on the show notes. So, uh, listeners, you guys can can get a hold of it because it's so good. Um, and as you can tell, Edward is uh, such a thoughtful uh, person. So... Go ahead when you're ready, my friend. Okay. I'll read the first poem that's here. That's also um, the, the poem I wrote for the city. In my city, trees sway a slow dance to the leg song of the chicharra, to the long stretch accordion, to the hiccups of 2 a.m. taco truck party goers, black watches maraud at midnight with handy footwork across lawns, grappling the humidity, eating away at the molding bananas and lettuce offerings left out in a bowl as a thank you for snacking on mosquitoes and cucarachas. Dogs bark at barking dogs that bark at wolf moons and the incoming fog, at wobbly tire passing cars gray cats and late-night chatter from insomnia-stricken artists burning the midnight oil. I pass by a home with a chandelier hanging from a branch, another with a year-round yard sale, and several with red doors with scattered leaves from anaqua trees confettied across their lawns. The people in this city move about like ants, carrying the weight of life and hard work. Grackles stretch their song and love long verses like the summers here. I set my car on cruise control over the expressway and park on a lot to see airplanes descent while scraping the syrup top off my chamoyada raspa. I look at my phone and a friend just posted another photo of palm trees under the hashtag 
RGV Palmas. On Sundays, we choose barbacoa or tamales or menudo for the cruda after being rattled awake by the neighbor's lawnmower. I've been stretching my bones across the RGV from San, from San Benito to Mission and in between, but long to settle in McAllen where my poems found their muse and my dog ages at my feet. Beautiful, man. So beautiful. Thank you for that. Uh, well, whew, so many more questions, but uh, thank you so much for coming on, Edward. Uh, I will, uh, I'll put all your work on the show notes as well as your email. Uh, is there any other things you want to let us know about things that you're doing, things that you're up to that you would want people to know about? Um, just keep an eye out for flower song books. Okay. We have, um, we have a Selena anthology coming out this year and we have several, uh, other authors coming out and, uh, look for us to be an AWP san antonio next year okay um, other than that um just if you're out there writing continue to write you have a fan in me and um <laughs> if you want to get started or, or you feel like you write poetry but but aren't comfortable calling yourself a poet um you're a poet just, yeah just keep, doing it. keep doing it don't be afraid um reach out to your community try to get your community involved Try to get involved in your community when it comes to the arts yeah. and um, yeah, inspire others uh, so that it, you could have a good community of arts and, and literature. Right. That's it. what, that's where the passion is. You know, some of us work different jobs. I work, I'm a restaurant manager, but my passion is literature. It's poetry. And, and without that, um, I'd be, you know, just, just, you know, living life till I die. With yeah. no purpose, oh, you know? bring it. I love it. Preach. Uh, well, thanks, Edward. Thanks so much. I have appreciated having you on and uh, okay. have a great rest of the week there in McAllen, Texas. Appreciate you. You take care. Thank you. Thanks, man. Hey, friends, thanks so much for listening to this good word. If you love this podcast, there's three ways that you can support my work. One is by jumping on Patreon, patreon.com slash this good word. You can become a patron at various levels and get lots of good free stuff, including free tickets to any live events that I do, signed books and other stuff. The second way is to share your favorite episodes via Twitter and Facebook. Uh, email, however it is that you share content. Let some friends know that you love it. And then third is to go on iTunes and leave a rating or a review. So thanks so much, my friends. We are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy, and we are in it together.